Outlet Liquor is your place to buy a case. Stock up and save when you shop the lowest prices available every day at Outlet Liquor. You never have to wait for a sale. The more you buy, the more you save. Only at Outlet Liquor. What's your outlet? Yeah. Bill's Mafia. Don Brown. Yeah. It's the mafia, you know I'm rocking with the bills. It's the mafia, you know I'm rocking with the bills. It's the mafia, I'm with the Buffalo Bills. It's the mafia, you know I'm rocking with the bills. Hey, hey. Who you repping? What's your team? Who you repping? What's your team? You know I'm repping for my team. I got that talent on my team. Like a high Jordan boy, can you catch it? Can you? Trade day is like a mask, do not catch it. Folks, welcome into a brand new episode of the Crowdis' podcast, the official Bills podcast of Trainwreck Sports. Wake here with actually one of the sharpest people in the industry when it comes to NFL picks, Kevin Masseri. Got the dart daddy himself, Meerkat. And before I get to our guest for this episode, just want to remind you guys of our amazing sponsors, Outlet Liquor, the place to buy a case, whether it's wine, spirits, hard seltzers, they got it all over at Outlet Liquor. And also, of course, our friends at Picasso's Pizza, the Cup and Char Pepperoni, it hits the spot on any day that ends in Y. Make both of those local businesses part of your game day plans for Monday night, the rest of the season, and many seasons to come. And now our guest tonight, Tyler Rowland, host of Locked On Titans. Find him on Twitter at Tic Tac Titans. Tyler, thanks for being here, man. You joined us for last year's matchup, too. So now it's an annual tradition we got going here. Excited to have you back. Yeah, well, I only came back because the Titans won 42 to 16. If they would have lost, I would have just said. (laughs) No, but seriously, before we get into anything, uh, next year when I come on, I expect like some liquor and some pizza. Yeah, I mean, you can't do that fantastic (laughs) advertisement and that delicious looking liquor and pizza and then not offer some for the class. I mean, come on. (laughs) It was unfair. My first grade teacher definitely taught me better than that. I'm sorry, Tyler. (laughs) Yeah, either Um, way, thanks for having me on, guys. I'm excited to obviously talk some football ball last year had a good conversation and uh ready to have another one yeah absolutely you know we got both teams coming off big wins in week five and you know titans coming off a game they handed the jaguars actually their 20th straight loss dating back to last season so some things in the afc south never do change but the titans <laughs> they've changed a lot since last year obviously adding julio jones even though he hasn't been active you know the season completely so far new offensive coordinator with Arthur smith going to atlanta caleb farley intriguing draft prospect so so in your eyes What's the biggest difference between last year's Titans team and the 2021 version? Well, I think the Titans' defense is improved. You look at the third down numbers, they're almost 20% better, about 18, 16, in between there, percent better on third down. So the third down defense, last year the Titans finished – 51% on third down defense. So more than half the time they allowed their opponent to convert a first down. It was a historic rate. They also had a historically bad pass rush. The second worst sack total for any playoff team in the modern era. They only had 19 sacks. And I mean, four of them came in the last game of the year against Houston. So uh, the Titans have a much better defensive front this year, which has allowed them to get more sacks. They're at a better rate there, get more pressure on quarterbacks. And uh, also, you know, on the offensive side of the ball, uh, the, the big problem is the offensive line. So that's a big change, but there isn't a lot of change on the offensive line. So that's one of the big Big questions right now. But, uh, yeah, the, the Titans' defense is better this year. Uh, the the numbers, the raw numbers don't always show it. But just based on some of the little metrics, pressure rate, third down, red zone, they are a better defense this year. And so, you know, looking at that defense, you know, we'll maybe start – we usually like to go position group by position group here. It makes mm-hmm. it an easy way to format this out. So we'll start on the defensive line, uh, you know, what is you know I saw you I went through your your game thread from the Jacksonville Tennessee game looks like Jeffrey Simmons had a pretty good game uh so so why don't maybe talk about that a little bit yeah Jeffrey Simmons is a monster up front he actually finished sixth in uh the preseason ESPN did a top 10 poll uh, for every position and Jeffrey Simmons finished sixth in that poll and most people probably wouldn't know Jeffrey Simmons uh he's not a dominant pass rusher as an interior lineman like an Aaron Donald would be or uh you know a, a Kenny Clark from Green Bay is another good example. He doesn't quite have the refined pass rush moves with his hand skills, his hand fighting. He needs to work better on that, but he is just a pure power player 
in the middle. He is going to knock your lineman back. One of the plays in the thread, he took on a triple team during the Jaguars game, a double team from the offensive line and then a fullback, and he got through all three of them and took the ball carrier down by himself for a tackle for a loss. I mean, the guy is a monster up front. He'll play over the center, over the guard. He can play a little bit on the outside shoulder of the guard in between the tackle as well. The Titans do a lot of twists and stunts up front with their defensive line, and basically all the attention that Jeffrey Simmons gets uh, allows them to have success with those. Yeah, and I mean, I, I at one point, I think it was last season. I can't, I, guess, I believe it was last season. I was calling him one of the best defensive players in the mm-hmm. league. Um, yeah. People I who know, know. You know what I yeah. mean? Jeffrey yeah. Simmons is one of those guys that maybe like a casual observer, someone who doesn't really follow super closely. If you're just following one team like the Bills or something like that, you may not know Jeffrey Simmons, but he's a dynamo. Staying with the defensive front, though, Harold Landry has to be discussed Mm -hmm. next because Jeffrey Simmons is kind of getting all the attention, but it's going to go to Landry soon. He's in his fourth year out of Boston College. He fell into the second round because of some injury concerns pre-draft. He had nine sacks in his sophomore campaign, and then last year in his junior campaign, he got dropped back into coverage over 125 times as a pass rusher. Maybe that's why the Titans had historically bad sack rate for a playoff team because they dropped their best pass rusher. Uh, in coverage 125 times, but that tide has changed. He's still a versatile weapon who can play second level linebacker and blitz. He can drop into coverage. He's a better coverage player than the Titans starting inside linebacker Rashawn Evans, but he's got uh, four and a half sacks this year. That's only one sack less than he had all of last year. He's the only player in the NFL to have five pressures in every single game this year. So Harold Landry has been absolutely phenomenal playing in those twists and stunts and games where Jeffrey Simmons gets the attention, and then Harold Landry can loop around and use his athleticism to get to the quarterback. you got guys like Tyre Tarr and Danico Autry, who's a vet as well, but I would say Simmons and Landry are kind of the keys on the defensive line for the Titans. Yeah, and you have Bud Dupree too, so being He hasn't really played much this year. That's what I wanted to ask, yeah. Yeah, that was a move I was skeptical of because, uh, one, I would say that Bud Dupree was the fourth best pass rusher on the Steelers last year, which obviously gives you some (laughs) advantageous situations to take advantage of. And then the Titans go out and give him $35 million over two seasons. He's coming off a torn ACL late in the year too, so like – he, you know, his stats were a little inflated because of the situation. He tears the ACL and you give him big tier free agent money. That's a risky move. And Bud Dupree tried to go too early. He even admitted himself. I tried to come back too quick. I wasn't ready. And then he's been out for about three weeks now and, and not really been able to play. So he practiced on Wednesday. Hopefully he's able to come back and play in this game. The Titans need him. But uh, it's been a little bit of a disappointment, at least early on, to start for Bud Dupree. And, and, you know, we already talked about him and Landry. They're more the pass-rushing linebackers. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we talk about Harold Landry not being the best back there in coverage. Um, and one story that's come out of Bill's Mafia this year is obviously, as I'm sure you know, Dawson Knox is debatably yeah. one of the best tight ends in all of football right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if, if we're looking at, you know, the Bill's offense, Dawson Knox is going to eat. But who's the linebacker, or maybe not a linebacker, that's going to be tasked with covering someone like him? Well, I think uh, you do have the potential of having a linebacker like David Long Jr. He was a sixth-round pick out of West Virginia a couple years ago. He might get some snaps on Dawson Knox, but that's only if the Bills do a great job of creating those matchups because the Titans certainly don't want that to happen. The Titans play a ton of dime and nickel. I mean, obviously, a lot of teams play nickel where you have five defensive backs on the field, but the Titans play a ton of dime where they have six defensive backs, and they prefer to go with three safeties. Now, Amani Hooker, their starting free safety, has been on IR with a foot injury, but when he's out there, they they run uh, Dane Crookshank, who's kind of a six-foot-one physical speed guy, doesn't have great change of direction, isn't really, you know, great in um, high IQ necessary situations, but he's a big physical guy who can match up with tight ends. So lately this year, the Titans have been running dime packages with six defensive backs and using Dane Crookshank because of his size and athleticism as kind of a sub package linebacker. And when they do that, Dane Crookshank is the guy who goes and guards the tight end in man-to-man coverage. See, last year, the Titans were using Kevin Byard as that safety to play man-on-man against the tight end. But that's not what Kevin Byard does best. He needs to roam free. And I'm sure we'll talk about defensive backs and what have you later. But basically, they're using Dane Crookshank as a sub-package linebacker, as a safety, to guard tight end. So I would imagine Dawson Knox will get a fair share of Dane Crookshank, a little bit of Kevin Byard sprinkled in as well. 
Interesting. Yeah. And I mean, you look at line, the linebacker position as we, as we roll into that. So yeah, I mean, we know all about nickel here. We, we, we just paid our starting slot corner in Buffalo. <laughs> right. Right. Um, a great you know, defense we, in Buffalo. Great defense of mine. I, I will gush <laughs> about Buffalo if given the chance. I love that team. Yeah. And I mean, it's the difference, you know, between the two teams we'll get in, we'll, we will probably flip sides of the, flip, flip the sides of the ball soon, but yeah. the biggest difference there is, honestly, the Bills defense, like literally mm-hmm. the yeah. offense, you could say, is, you know, has had some better games than last year, maybe some worse right. games than last year, whatever. The defense is from when the Titans saw him last year is awful. I mean, it was an awful, they were playing awful. They yes. were playing AJ Klein out of position. It was yeah. an awful defense. Um, and then to go, you know, I guess fast forwarded about a year later and the defense is DVOA, you know, Dave, whatever, <laughs> whatever analytical stat you like. Right. It's LeBron rapper, in. you know, they're yeah, whatever. basketball stats well, for the Bills. You mean sooner or later we'll <laughs> be running Sierra mm-hmm. and Whip and FIP, whatever baseball stats you want yep. to. Um, but yeah, I mean, Same they're number one in pretty much everything. And after taking pretty much a lot of heat for being, you know, look at the opponents, Houston, you know, you look at Miami. You know, and then they're like, yeah, fine, we'll play Kansas City and still grade out better than we did against Houston or Washington. So um, that's that's good. And we'll transition there. But I got to talk about the linebackers there for um, for Tennessee. And you look at it and it was you've gotten in some interesting battles over Evans. He's a guy I liked in 2018. Like what's going on with his with his progression and why is he struggling so much? I know you have some pretty good opinions on, you know, you know, we've talked about most styles. So tell me, talk, talk to me about Evans for a sec. Well, I think uh, the, the the real issue when it comes down to it is uh, he he has an inability to get off blocks, okay? So when, when these offensive linemen climb to the second level and they get their paws on him, he just can't get off. And, I mean, part of playing linebacker is doing a bunch of different things, but one of the big things anybody who's ever played football has been taught down to Pee Wee, you know, you, you get alignment on your body, you need to extend hands so that you don't lose control, mm-hmm. and then shed. He just has trouble with shedding blockers. And what that causes is he tries to use his speed, his quickness, his athleticism to get downhill, shoot gaps, dart through gaps. And the issue with playing that style consistently is you're going to guess wrong. And I think that the coaching has fallen off at the linebacker position. The Titans used to have a really good inside linebacker coach, Tyrone McKenzie. And through some sort of disagreement that we will never truly know about, he left in a lateral move to go to Matt Patricia's Detroit Lions a few years ago, the same offseason where Dean Pease retired. And there were rumored rifts between Vrabel and Dean Pease during the playoffs. And former Titans players have come out and talked about the fact that there was a rift between Pease and Vrabel during the playoffs that year about how to run the defense. And Dean Pease retired afterwards because of it. And Tyrone McKenzie <clears throat> didn't get the promotion to defensive coordinator, and he left in a lateral move. And since McKenzie left, you have seen a drop-off in the off-ball linebacker play for the Titans. Uh, so that's probably hurt his development and his progression. But at this point in time, uh, he he doesn't – I try to find a way to – his instincts – aren't there enough to let his athleticism carry him through and his understanding of his assignment isn't at a level enough to, to where he makes the right decision consistently. So he's not getting the most out of his physical skills. He's not getting the most out of his mental ability. And it's just caused him to essentially be the worst starting player on the Titans this year, whether it's PFF grade or just the film Mm -hmm. or, you know, he's just, he's just truly been awful. And the Titans have gone to great lengths to replace him. Rookie Monty Rice out of Georgia got snaps in the second quarter and into the second half to get Rashawn off the field. And the Titans just brought back Avery Williamson, a run-thumping linebacker who's been a starter in the NFL a long time who played in Tennessee. So I think the Titans, and this is Rashawn's last year, the Titans didn't pick up his fifth-year option. So they're greasing the skids essentially to to take his spot and fill it with someone else. So, Tyler, you touched on Monty Rice quick there. I'm a big Mm -hmm. draft guy. And coming into this year, you know, I I like Monty Rice. He was a guy Mm -hmm. I didn't know to project as, you know, maybe a late second rounder or, you know, as late as a fifth rounder. I had him all over the place in my mind. You know, incredible instincts, good athlete, decent size. I mean, it sounds like they're they're trying to replace him there. Uh, Why isn't Monty seeing more time? Is it slow adjusting to, you know, the NFL tempo? Is it, you know, Mm -hmm. coming off that injury out of college and such? well, why haven't they kind of tried to force him on the field with, you know, the problems at linebacker? Even, you know, if it's not inside, if it's where David Long's <clears throat> playing right now, just get right. him on the field more. Well, this is uh, – uh, there's a lot of factors in this, but I'll shorten it as mm-hmm. quick as possible. Number one, he's a first-round pick, and you, you, you just hang yeah. on as long as you can. Uh, also, he's the longest-tenured 
linebacker actually available for the Titans right now with Jayon Brown on IR. And I, I actually said this the other day. It's just a theory. I'm not in the building. I don't know how Monty Rice is taken to the playbook, and, mm-hmm. you know, whether he knows his keys, his fits. I don't actually know all of that. All I can do is watch the film and see what I see. And, you know, Monty Rice hasn't got a lot of reps because he's been a little banged up early on. He's going to hustle on special teams, so he's valuable there. But if you're going to have a rookie who's kind of going through the motions and is learning his way, that's great. And he's probably not going to play great for you, but he'll make some plays just off the instincts that you talked about. Well, Mm -hmm. if you got a guy who's probably not going to play great as a rookie, but he can learn, and you got a guy as a veteran who's not going to play great, but he knows all the calls – and has been through all the situations and knows every factor of the defense and every play that can be called, I'm just going to lean with the veteran early in the season and say, hey, if they're both not going to give me great production, at least this guy knows the defense and is going to be in a position. If he messes up the play, then great, but he's going to be in the right spot. So for me, that's why they're leaning with Evans. Monty Rice, I I think, will get more snap. Like, I think what you're talking about is happening right now. Mm -hmm. You know, we're going into week six. It's only been five weeks so I think what you're wanting to see is happening right now based on the second half of the game against Jacksonville. So just hold on a little bit longer, Meerkat, awesome. and I, th- I think it. you'll get it exactly what you want. But uh, Jayon Brown is the name that I just mentioned. He's on IR. He's the Titans' longest tenured linebacker total. He's their pass coverage specialist. Uh, he's been dealing with a ton of injury issues. He is an undersized guy. So uh, not having him is definitely going to hurt against a guy like Dawson Knox as well over the middle. David Long's been mm-hmm. awesome, though. Just real quick, done. Mm-hmm. David mm-hmm. David Long's been solid. He, like Rashawn, can shoot the wrong gap here and there and get out of position. But overall, he's just playing great. And moving, you mentioned pass coverage, so move back into that secondary. I mean, Christian Fulton came up on uh, on the injury report. It looks like another hamstring, soft tissue injury on the Titans there. And mm-hmm. Elijah Molden, I feel like I see a different highlight of him every single week. He's just making plays. And what he's getting deal? reps. Steal, steal the draft. I loved him. Yeah, well, he went 100, I believe. Yeah, that, yeah, robbery, highway that, right? robbery. And then Caleb Farley, the first round pick, another DB, is seeding snaps to Elijah Molden. So with Christian Fulton, one, what do you think his status could be come Monday night? And two, if he is not active, will it be Elijah Molden getting the start? Uh, okay, so two different, the Titans, I don't know what they how they do this in Buffalo, but I think based on what you guys said at the beginning, this is how they do it in Buffalo as well. But the slot cornerback position and the outside cornerback position are just totally different beasts for the Titans yeah. system. So okay. uh, Christian Fulton and Caleb Farley are going to be considered outside guys. They experimented with Christian Fulton in the slot during the Jets game, and it was a massacre. He's a much better he's – a, he's a stud on the outside. He's less than that playing in the slots, just not what he mm-hmm. does well. So uh, you're going to want Christian Fulton on the outside. You want Caleb Farley on the outside. But on the other side of that, you have Jackrabbit Jenkins, a guy who is a veteran yeah. who knows what to do. And while he has his struggles when he has to plaster and play man coverage and scramble drills for five, six seconds, he do, he's done a pretty good job so far this year when not asked to cover more than five seconds on a play. So Jackrabbit mm-hmm. Jenkins as a vet is doing a pretty good job. Caleb I've never Farley's heard that been, nickname. I've never heard that nickname. Uh, uh, yeah, Jack, uh, Jackrabbit Jenkins, he actually got mad at Saints beat reporters last year uh, for calling him Janoris. And then because of his frustration with being called Janoris, he officially legally changed his name to Jackrabbit oh, yeah, Jenkins yeah. this offseason. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, just so you guys know, it. if you, uh, he was given that nickname in college because he's from a place in Florida that produces a ton of NFL talent. I think they call it the Muck is the nickname yeah. for the area, yeah. mm-hmm. but historically it says they chase, the kids in the neighborhoods chase rabbits, mm-hmm. and um, because he's from that area and obviously a quick twitch athlete when he was in college, his college coach gave him the nickname Jackrabbit, and it, wow. it stuck. So that's the story he told when he came to Tennessee this offseason. Wanted to <laughs> forward that to you guys so we're all uh, good to go there. But, yeah, Love he's that. been solid. Uh, Christian Fulton's been their stud. Hopefully he can go. It's early in the week. Hard to know. Uh, Caleb Farley was injured early on, and he went through yeah. some some mental bumps uh, with head coach Mike Vrabel, knowing what to do, giving good effort and practice, and that's kind of limited his development. But the Titans are terrible at grooming rookies early on. We've seen that <laughs> over and over again from all their draft classes. Uh, overall, Elijah Morton has been very good. The problem is he makes highlights on on in both ways. So wow. uh, going backwards – 
is something that in the NFL has become a big task for slot receivers. It used to be just, you know, like the Logan Ryan style slot cornerback. You're playing forward, you're playing zone, you're a physical guy coming downhill, blah, blah, blah. You don't want Logan Ryan going backwards a lot of the time. Well, Elijah Molden is similar. He reminds me of Logan Ryan a little bit smaller, but in that way, uh, he plays slot cornerback for the Titans, but he struggles going backwards in man coverage, so like a slot fade. Christian Kirk roasted him on a slot fade in week one. He's given up some big plays when he's stuck in man coverage going backwards. But when he's able to come forward, like he forced a fumble on the very first drive of the game on Sunday, and he was playing zone coverage and cover two, had his hook zone, saw the underneath dump off to the tight end, flew up, put his helmet on the ball, knocked the fumble, Kevin Byer picks it up, touchdown Titans. So he makes those (laughs) plays, but he just can't do everything that you need a slot cornerback to do right now. He's got to learn a little bit more. And the Titans have been using Chris Jackson, uh, a seventh-round pick from last year, who was actually the worst-graded cornerback in the NFL last year, playing slot cornerback. But he's been much better this year. So uh, that's why Elijah Molden's gotten sparing reps, why Caleb Farley's got sparing reps, and Christian Fulton is, as advertised, he's been great. Yeah, and I saw Bring on Borders, our old friend, pal, up here, 21 21 snaps. How do you do in those? He's a guy, couldn't find the field in Buffalo for a while. Mm -hmm. He was liked here for a little bit there. He just commonly was like one of their top practice squad guys for a little bit. Yeah, Um, yeah, he's a good depth piece for the Titans. I mean, he played uh, in the Seattle game, I believe it was. Christian Fulton got hurt, and he came in for two snaps. They went at him both times, and he was able to knock away the ball uh, in the end zone both times and save the Titans a touchdown. So he's had good spot minutes, but he's also gotten blown by, like, in the Jets game. He got absolutely roasted by Corey Davis for, like, a 50-yard touchdown. So oh, Breon Borders is – Yeah, oh, he, he doesn't have a lead change of direction and agility. <clears throat> he's just a big physical guy with good speed. So uh, if you ask him to play man coverage too much, he's going to get you in trouble. But he can do some things because of his physicality and size. But hopefully – and last week, Caleb Farley took his snaps as the third outside cornerback outside of Jack Rabbit and, and Fulton. So uh, hopefully Caleb Farley is able to steal those snaps away from Breon Borders. But I love having Borders as a fourth outside corner. Do you see mm-hmm. Fulton playing? Uh, yeah, I, I mean, at this point in time, I don't have any reason to believe it's incredibly serious. There hasn't okay. been a lot of conversation about that injury, and Christian Fulton uh, didn't get, like, card at all for anything like that. So it's something that you want to manage. Glad you have an extra day. But I, I ultimately do think that, that Christian Fulton, based on the practice squad protections, based on the, the elevations or the signings to practice squad and stuff that we saw today, Wednesday, uh, I think Christian Fulton will be able to go. Hopefully, mm-hmm. if not, it's bad news for the Titans. <laughs> yeah and and you know we've we spent a while talking about one side of the football so we'll wrap it up really quickly and then get into the offense uh but just broad question what's their approach to going against the bills in monday night with this defense how do they think they can stop or at least slow down this offense yeah i, th- I think the plan is simple um it's simple in nature but execution is complicated mm-hmm. uh the titans have done this with lamar jackson twice Uh, They did it with Josh Allen last year. Uh, When you have these quarterbacks that can really scramble, uh, not like Kyler Murray, Russell Wilson, different beasts. They're scrambling around to throw. Josh Mm -hmm. Allen will scramble and run down the field. Uh, Lamar Jackson, obviously, is going to run down the field. So what you do is you must rush. You don't have these aggressive loops and stunts and twists like the Titans normally do. You bring your four in a straight rush, and you hem Josh Allen in the pocket. You don't want Josh Allen to escape the pocket, get out, make second reaction plays, and be able to toss the ball down the field. When the Titans' defense has given up big plays, it's those situations. Kyler Murray running around like a crazy person outside and then making throws down the field, and the cornerbacks have been covering for five seconds. Russell Wilson, (laughs) Zach Wilson was even able to do those things. Carson yeah. Wentz was not. Trevor Lawrence was not. And when the Jacks had success with some of their good plays, it was because Trevor Lawrence got out of the pocket, second reaction against man mm-hmm. coverage. The Titans gotcha. are a man coverage team. So the Titans have to break their tendencies here, stop with the games and stunts and twists up front, bring the mush rush, don't let Josh Allen break contain and get out of the pocket to make second re- Keep him in the pocket and just make him make throws all the way down the field. Uh, also, on that note, flipping it, that's how you pass rush with coverage. <laughs> Play zone. Just drop your seven guys. Play zone. Don't let the Bills have big plays where Josh Allen makes these incredible plays. Make them nickel and diamond all the way down the field. And then the Bills are struggling in red zone defense this year, or red zone offense. They're only 24th in the NFL, 58.3% conversion rate in the red zone. That's not great. So 
what you do is you, I mean, easier said than done, but this has to be the plan. You must rush, keep Josh Allen in the pocket, make him nickel and dime against zone coverage with all eyes on him down the field all the way, and then force the Bills to do something that they haven't been good at so far this year, and that's score in the red zone. If you can force two or three field goals instead of touchdowns, and you get Derrick Henry going with running the ball and game control, then you have a chance to, to beat a team that's better than you. And, you know, Derrick Henry obviously is a segue into the mm-hmm. offensive discussion. So of we'll course. go there next, obviously. Yeah, and I want – and I'm happy you brought him up first because I didn't know, and I don't know if Meerkat, Kevin, maybe even Tyler, that you know this as well, he owns the record for a best 40-game rushing yards total in NFL history with 4,792 yards. He beat Jim Brown's record. Mm-hmm. So – you know, 40 touchdowns best, too, a touchdown yeah. a game. <laughs> so, so let's, I mean, it, it seems like in the past few years, Sean McDermott has been able to at least stop Derrick Henry from killing this defense. But I mean, like at a certain point, you would just think he has to start having some kind of wear and tear on his body. Uh, you know, you think you that, would think. <laughs> and, and that's, you know, that's what everybody, um, Everybody asked. I talked to uh, Joe Marino, his uh, Bills podcast earlier today, and basically, you know, he asked the same question. And every podcast I go on, every you know, they ask, "How long can Derrick Henry keep it up?" And you don't want to, you don't want to expect the exception. But I mean, at what point do we just look at ourselves and say, like, okay, maybe this guy's a top five running back to ever live. He's one of the best Mm -hmm. players in NFL history, at least at his position, and he defies. Oh, my dog is breaking my light. Sorry about that. Behind the scenes, behind the curtain. Uh, but, uh, this maybe, is a dog's friendly podcast. Yeah, my dog is treating the lights like Derrick Henry did Josh Norman last year. Uh, but, uh, I mean, maybe Derrick Henry's just the exception to the rule. Maybe this freak mm-hmm. of a person, one of the most freakish athletes we've ever seen in the history of football, maybe he just can do it. Maybe he just – Get 400 carries and back-to-back seasons and rush for 2,000 yards twice and carry the Titans' offense when they can't pass the ball a lick. I mean, maybe he's just that good. At this point, that's the only answer that I have for people is maybe he's just that crazy. (laughs) Yeah, we've seen it for for i mean a tom brady at some yeah. point like you, 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 you right. know you just are gonna play as long as you want i guess like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, sometimes these look, dudes are as special as they look when yeah. i grab henry in fifth or sixth pick overall i'm like fine if you want ezekiel elliott you you, <laughs> right. you want these guys uh, i mean don't fade point, the big dog i'll take <laughs> i'll scrap him up in every league that you guys want to think he's gonna this is gonna be the year i'll take it right. i'll take right. it right maybe it, it to, never comes you know I'll, I'll write it to history um but yeah i mean looking at the offensive side of the ball and it's one that i always actually i loved arthur smith like it's always one that i speak very highly mm-hmm. of and everyone it's the same thing with Tannehill. everyone's like you know at some point they regret as, as bill fans we even our down years absolutely dominated Tannehill. like it was a joke right. like with him for the you know so you know the Bills fans specifically, maybe AFC East fans, Patriots fans, Bills fans, maybe even Jets fans, to some extent will always say, like, Tannehill is Tannehill. Like, he's going to show up. Like, it's not Derrick Henry because we've seen him struggle, like, yeah. in the division. Like, the Bills have specifically been really good against him. And it's just not – hasn't been true still. Like, he's still been pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, what's your opinion on that? Like, are you expecting him – how long are you expecting him to lead the Titans – at what point are you like, yeah, he isn't Derrick Henry. Like, are you looking for a first round pick? Like what, what's going on? Like for you at that, yeah. the biggest position in sports. I, I, I think, um, I guess it comes down to philosophically how you see a football team. Can sure. you win? Because here's what it is. Ryan Tannehill is not elite. He's not, uh, Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Justin Herbert, Josh mm-hmm. Allen, uh, you know, that's probably if Deshaun Watson was playing, I would throw him in there, Russell Wilson, and then I'm done. I'm done after that. Those are the elite guys that I think can raise, you know, the rising tide raises all boats or something like that, right? Isn't that some old saying? Something I, I, I don't know. Yeah. Right, right, close it sounds like okay. one. Close exactly. enough. Maybe I did have some liquor before and I didn't tell you guys. Uh, just kidding. That's your but, outlet. Uh, yeah, there you go. Uh, but so if you think that you need an elite guy, to win Super Bowls, then no, you're not going to be satisfied with Ryan Tannehill. He's not yeah. that guy. The pass protection's bad. He's not going to run around, make plays. He's not going to have this – I mean, he's got a strong arm, but he's not 
he's not Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen. He's not those guys. I don't know how else to explain it. He's just not watchable. But he can be an incredible version of a game manager, I guess. I yeah. think Ryan Tannehill is like on his on a, any day, he's like anywhere from eight to fourteen in the system that the Titans have him in. And I think you can win a Super Bowl with guys like that when you have Derrick Henry, when you have Julio Jones, AJ Brown at their I mean, best. If Joe Flacco a won a Super Bowl, Ryan Tannehill can definitely win a Ex- Super Bowl. Exactly. Exactly my point. So it can be done. It can be done both ways. Now, when you don't have one of those elite quarterbacks, your supporting cast and your defense has to be that much better. Elite quarterbacks give you more margin for error, which is what Buffalo is going to have now, but they don't even need it because the team is so freaking good. But, uh, yeah, so I think Ryan Tannehill can ultimately win a Super Bowl with the Titans. Now, because of his contract, the last year of guaranteed money is next year. Mm-hmm. And I think if if the Titans regress next year, like this year, they're going to win the division. Hopefully they win a playoff game, whatever. But whatever they do this year, if they do worse next year, yeah. then I think you have to consider – not re-signing Tannehill or maybe re-signing him to a lower market deal and drafting a first-round quarterback and, and trying to find your Josh Allen instead of trying to build a roster around a Ryan Tannehill. But Tannehill's really good, and Derrick Henry did not blow up until Tannehill showed up. So they're symbiotic. Given hmm. Derrick Henry gets more of the credit, no lie, but I would say it, you know it's closer to 60-40 than it is 25-75. Tannehill's been numbers- solid. His numbers have been good in Tennessee, just straight And he's up. under okay. duress. The Titans have yeah. given up the most yeah. sacks in the NFL. Listen to this. 20 sacks this year through five weeks. Oh, Last, last year through 17 weeks, the Titans gave up 24. So they're four Ooh. sacks away from last year's total already. It's embarrassing. O-line transition. Yeah. Talk talk to us about that. <laughs> Why? Why Why is that? Okay. I, I look at it on paper, and I'm like, I see some advanced stats that I like. Tell me what's the problem. Like, why? what's the issue with the O-line? Okay, so uh, right now, and here's what it all comes down to. Taylor Lewan was coming back from an ACL injury, so he didn't get any reps uh, early in the preseason and a, lot of, and a lot of the beginning of training camp, like real first-team full-speed reps. Uh, also, uh, the starting center, Ben Jones, and the starting right guard, Nate Davis, both were out with COVID for like the last 10 days of training camp, and they were out the full 10-day period. So what you have there is – your starting left tackle, your starting center, and your starting right guard guard were all out for extended periods, and they overlapped in such a way that the mm-hmm. starting offensive line never got reps together in full-speed situations at any time during the offseason. Oh, man. So how does yeah. that result? They're still a good offensive line physically. They're still, you know, good athletes in the zone scheme. They can push guys around in the run game. But where it really hurts you is – pass protection because communication is key how do you pass off blitzes how do you pass off stunts from the defensive line where do you slide your offensive line to based on defensive fronts you see this front you see the linebacker pull up in this gap how are you going to change your protection right now when you haven't had time to iron all that out and get everybody on the same page in the preseason and in training camp well, you're going to fall behind those communication-based offensive line segments, and the Titans have been really struggling with pass protection on, on blitzes and crowding the line of scrimmage. They've struggled with games and stunts up front because the communication is lacking. Now, from a Titans optimistic perspective, that's something that can improve then with more reps, right? So the Titans can get better at that. But they're definitely not at their better version of that right now, so the Bills could still take advantage. But that's where the struggles are coming from because the Titans still run the ball. They're the fourth-best running team in the NFL. The, the Titans can do that. Um, mm-hmm. But on the on the flip side of that, the, the communication is still lacking, and that's why they're giving up so many sacks. And I'm sure it can't help that you've been without A.J. Brown and Julio Jones a lot, two of the right. receivers, maybe two, the only two receivers on this team who can get open on their mm-hmm. own, um, you know, without, you know, just yes, help from other people on the field. Yeah, okay, so that's correct. Right. I know I, when I was watching the Jets game, they even least. had to get Jeremy McNichols involved in the passing game. Hey, he's been Pat solid, Meyer. though. Yeah, yeah, he was yeah. solid. He looked like mm-hmm. a James White guy out there. He looked like yeah. Tariq Cohen, Naeem Hines, any of right. these guys. Meerkat and I do train our fantasy football together. And, you know, on the one show, I said that it's it, that's a guy who really could be an RB1 by the end of the year if they were to just keep using him like that because he is effective with it. Um, so, so do you think that them using a pass catching back like Jeremy McNichols, is that going to keep going? Or is that once AJ Brown, once Julio, once they're back into the fold completely, we probably shouldn't expect too. much of that. Yeah. Coming yeah, back. Well, 
Uh, Darrington Evans is going to come back off IR, and I think that may hurt Jeremy McNichols. But it, if it, here's the thing. Darrington Evans has not been able to stay healthy at any second of his career for yeah. any amount of time whatsoever. So to expect him to stay healthy, uh, if you're a Jeremy McNichols believer, McWeapon, as we like to call him. Oh, uh, I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the McWeapon. But uh, the, the thing is, Jeremy McNichols can be trusted in pass protection, and Darrington Evans probably cannot. As uh, Darrington Evans yeah. is essentially still a rookie. Because he barely yeah, really. played his rookie year. He got hurt in preseason this year in the first game of preseason. I mean, the guy has had little to no reps, if we're being honest. So he's essentially still a rookie in my eyes. Those guys always struggle with pass protection, except like Zeke when he came out was like a freak in pass protection right away. But you don't find that very often. So as long as Jeremy McNichols can be trusted in pass protection and give them that element of pass catching, like uh, against the Jack. So teams are going, and the Bills will do this too. Regardless of what the Bills do on defense, they'll break tendency, and they will play tight man coverage. Um and, and they'll crowd the line of scrimmage and they'll blitz the Titans. Well, you have to create space schematically when teams are doing that if you don't have A.J. Brown and Julio Jones out there. So one thing they did was they, they motioned Jeremy McNichols out. They brought him on a drag across the field with a stack on one side, motioned him into a double stack, and then dragged him across the field to get the linebacker off of him. Stuff like that is going to keep happening for McNichols. And they can't use Derrick Henry consistently on passing downs. He's just terrible in pass protection. And while he's catching more passes this year, we all know that's not his specialty. So if Darrington Evans can't stay healthy and take that role away from Jeremy McNichols, then McNichols is a salt. I see him as a really good low-end daily fantasy play. If you think mm-hmm. the Titans are going to be in a shootout or you think the Titans are going to lose. Like against Buffalo, there's a good chance the Titans will be down by a lot. And Jeremy McNichols will get a lot of snaps and shotgun and things like that. So if you're looking for a low-end daily fantasy play so you can stack the rest of your lineup, Jeremy McNichols is awesome. And I said that before the Jets game and he blew up. And I'm going to pat myself on the back. <laughs> Tyler, talking about people who could, you know, catch the ball and pass block, I need to ask the question. I mean, if you listen <gasps> to the forget? fantasy show or anything, How did I he's, he's my sweet prince, my, my darling. I know who it is. Well, What's going on with Anthony Ferks here? I know he was injured a bit dealing with that, but I thought he yeah. was going to step into this offense. You know, not these guys love Ferks, not replicate Janu, but I thought right. I thought you know he showed flashes last year in place of Janu coming into this season. You know, you need all the weapons you can get with Tannehill outside mm-hmm. of Brown and Jones. And I know he's dealing with an injury, but it's still his snap counts are very low right now, it feels mm-hmm. like. His usage isn't great. Yeah. Give me some light at the end of the tunnel that he will be effective. Maybe okay. not against the Bills, but. Right, 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 right. Uh, okay, so here comes the optimism train for old Ferk Daddy. All oh, right. No. Ferk Daddy. Uh, yeah, I'm bringing the nicknames for you guys. I love Ferk that. Daddy. Uh, Christian Fulton is Fulton County Jail. You guys like that one? You're in lockdown. Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. Uh, But anyways, so with Ferkser, obviously he got injured uh, early in the year and he missed some time. But So all of these things are connected, and that's the best part about football. So you don't have A.J. Brown, you don't have Julio Jones out there. Well, these defensive coordinators are are smart. They're like, okay, make sure you guard that tight end right there because they're going to want to throw it to him if they don't have their wide receivers. So having good wide receivers out on the field is going to open things up. That's how Jonu Smith and Ferkser had success before. You had Corey Davis and A.J. Brown. It opened everything up. Well, when you don't have those guys, they're going to look at Ferkser a little bit more. The safety is going to creep over when they hit those seam routes. That safety, instead of being shaded over towards A.J., he's going to shade – in the mid or just stay in the middle and make sure he takes away Ferkser. So that's going to hurt him as well. Overall, we talked about the sack problem and the pass protection problem. That's twofold. Ryan Tannehill doesn't feel as comfortable to get the ball out of his hands and get it to get it to any guy really when he's getting put on the ground so much and hit so much. So that's going to hurt it. And with that, the Titans have to run the ball more than maybe even they want to. The Titans maybe do want to open things up and pass a little bit more, but when you're so you have no confidence in your pass protection, you can't do that you got to run the ball, and, and when you're running the ball more than you want to because you're worried about your pass protection, what you got to do is use your, your blocking tight ends. And people had optimism that Ferkser could probably be out there on first and second down because he can block. I got news for you, he can't. I, I posted a <laughs> clip in my, in my thread for the Jags oh, game. No. Josh Allen destroyed oh, Anthony no. Ferkser in pass protection, man. It oh. was – bad and Ferser's just not a good enough blocker he's a he's a big body wide receiver uh if anything and when you put him in his role 
and all of those other things are going better, he's going to give you the fantasy success that, that you're looking for. But when the Titans' pass protection is the way it is and you're having to keep tight ends in, why am I going to keep in Anthony Ferkser to block when I can keep Michael Pruitt or Jeff Swaim, even if we're yeah. in shotgun on a third and long? If I plan on keeping my tight end in because my offensive line can't block anybody, then why have Berkser out there anyway? So he's losing yeah. snaps because the Titans' offensive line is bad, and he's losing open opportunities because A.J. Brown and Julio aren't out there to take attention. So yeah, once Tommy those things Hudson. get corrected, half of Tommy Hudson. Oh, Tommy injury. Hudson, man. Yeah, yeah, no, he's been better than Swaim so far this year. God, I, I'm a big Jeff Swaim guy kind of as a bit, but in reality too. <laughs> and Tommy Hudson's just been a lot better. But Hudson's hurt, and that's unfortunate. He made a nasty one-handed back shoulder catch. Uh, the other day on a wheel route from Ryan Tannehill got smoked when he did it. And uh, <laughs> it was a sweet catch though. I was like, dang, Tommy Hudson can play, man. But uh, unfortunately he's banged up right now, which is like half the Titans roster. They had 23 guys on the injury report last week. Uh, so with that in mind, unfortunately, Tommy isn't going to be able to to give him much right now. But I, I think first, there's optimism for Ferkser once the Titans offense just gets a little bit healthier later in the year. And the last question I have before we get into, you know, we want your prediction is simply – what's the injuries are too hard for all outsiders to follow you guys are yeah. on the beat you know this stuff like it's like a cvs receipt right now yeah right? like, <laughs> like yeah, tell yeah. me tell me you talk about fulton already but tell me which ones are like yeah I, I can't see that one and you know i can't see him suiting up or most likely not like which ones should we be more monitoring whether you're titan fan bills fan or in the middle like what uh what's... so uh, I guess uh, I would say the biggest one to monitor, like like we talked about before, is Christian Fulton. Uh, I'm displaying optimism on that one because I choose to and because of just what I'm <laughs> feeling. But you never really know uh, what could happen. Uh, Wednesday is usually um, a maintenance day for the Titans. But uh, a big injury is left guard Roger Saffold. Uh, obviously, Saffold's one of the best guards in yep. the NFL. He's perfect for the Titans zone scheme. He ran the same scheme with the Rams. Well, similar scheme. I should say. So Roger Saffold's been banged up like multiple weeks in a row. He can't finish games because of his injuries. The Titans may choose to just go ahead and sit him down for just a week. There's some conversation about that right now. And in his place would be practice squad. Uh, well, he started with the Titans a few years ago, came back on the practice squad, got elevated to the 53-man roster. His name's Corey Levin. The Titans' primary backup interior offensive lineman is Aaron Brewer, who's done a really good job in spot starts. Yep. But he's yeah, on he IR. He's injured right now. So it would be Corey Levin, the fifth interior mm. offensive lineman for the Titans. And with the talented Buffalo defensive line that just – Ugh, seeing all eight of those guys on the depth chart just gets me going. That's how you win a freaking Super Bowl right there with waves and waves of defensive linemen like the Eagles did a few years ago. But anyways, I'm sure you guys talk enough about uh, the greatness of the Bills roster right now. But with that strength of the Bills defense and then having your fifth interior offensive lineman, that could be a, a potentially big deal. And obviously Julio hasn't played in two weeks. And if Julio doesn't play, the Titans simply just don't have enough firepower to, to maintain the level they need to, to stick with the bills. So uh, obvious Julio practice though, optimistic he'll play. Uh, but outside of that, uh, Roger Saffold on the offensive line, that'll be a, a big loss for the Titans uh, if he doesn't play. And then Christian Fulton as well. Well, you just said that it'll be tough for the Titans to keep up with the bills if mm -hmm. uh, Julio's not a go. So on that note, let's get your prediction. How do you think it's going to go? Give us a score. Uh, I am going to say – Oh, the Titans fans always get so mad if I predict a loss. Like I'm supposed to predict them to go 17 and 0 or something. It's well, so of weird. But you are. I, I think I think I'm gonna go 34 to 20. I think 34 to 20. Uh, I think the Bills' defense is able to force some turnovers because of the pass protection issues. I think I think they'll probably get a sack fumble uh, or maybe an interception because Tannehill's just trying to get the ball out of his hands before he gets sacked. Uh, so I guess from my perspective. Um, I think the, the Bills will get some turnovers. That'll help the offense. Uh, the Titans will get stopped in the red zone. They're having some red zone struggles themselves. They're not too far off of the Bills, which is the craziest thing for the Titans is last year they were second in the NFL at 75% in the red zone. The year before, they were number one at 76% in the red zone, and this year they're at like 57 Arthur Smith, baby. Uh, what's crazy is Todd Downing, the offensive coordinator of the Titans now, was the red zone coordinator. So yeah, it, just, right. it just shows you how, like, you can have a good plan, but if you don't call the right play, then none of it matters. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? It's There's so many factors into it 
that you, you can have a good plan in the red zone, but if you don't call the right play to match the coverage that the defense is playing, then you're still not going to have success. So with the Titans' red zone struggles and their turnover struggles right now, I can see a good team like Buffalo who's also focused on revenge from last year. I think Buffalo forces some turnovers, turns that into some extra points, and the Titans struggle in the red zone a little bit early in the game, 34-20, to 20, I think, is, is what I would uh, – Go with all were you you were an Arthur Smith guy, right? I think you have yeah. so you I think you added to my my uh my underrated opinion of him of of really being part of what made the Titans go. Yeah, you we were, we were on that train, right? 2019, man. We knew that maybe that's we knew that it was time was his time yeah. was coming. So the Titans do miss Arthur Smith. One thing that I will say though, um with the pass protection issues, which you could blame that on the offensive coordinator as well. Maybe he's not calling the right protection schemes. Maybe they're not working on nope. the right stuff. But the Titans can't use play action at, as much as they have been because of some of the situations they're getting in with pass protection. I still think it needs to be more, but I understand, I guess. Todd Downing's more creative with his route combinations against mm-hmm. certain zone coverages and his creativity <clears throat> on offense, like using wildcat, using reverses and stuff like that. He's more willing to go to things like that. So I think that'll help the Titans long term. But, um, again, the game plan is really good. Some of the play calling can be lacking, and that's the biggest difference from not having Arthur Smith. He was just – he always called the right play, it seemed like, for the right situation. And Todd Downing's hit rate on the right play isn't quite where Arthur Smith was, even if the game plan is still pretty solid. Yeah, if I remember correctly, Todd Downing was also, in addition to red zone coordinator, tight ends coach, and that's another reason why mm-hmm. I was optimistic about Anthony Ferkser for fantasy, to be completely honest. <laughs> yeah, well, the but, tight ends coach is a part of the run game install. He's a part yeah. of the pass game install as well so that's why arthur smith was a tight ends coach got elevated todd downing tight ends coach got elevated but hopefully yes as, as those things improve that we talked about earlier Ferks or the old Ferk daddy will get his day i love that and a punter and the punter on the covid list too is that a thing is that yeah brett you know? kern's been struggling he, he got injured Island. early in the year uh, yeah. but i'm not real worried about that right now johnny townsend has done a really good job. He's got a nice leg, and, and he's punted pretty well. So so it's not as damning as it was last year when the Titans punter got hurt and they had to use a FedEx employee to kick, and he gave away 14 points to the Colts and cost him a victory. So it's not that dire this year, fortunately. Well, Tyler, really appreciate you taking the time today. We would definitely went over the 30 minutes that you said that we would do, but, you know, obviously really do appreciate it. It's your guys' fault. Fans. You got me going. <laughs> I, you know what? That's that's how it goes. We got him going on the Ferk Daddy too. The it was, it was all the Ferk Daddy. Yeah, we got five minutes on the Ferk Daddy on this. Chop <laughs> that up. needed it. That's the only question I made sure to ask today. <laughs> well, if the Bills fans, any if any of them want to know more about the Ferk Daddy, where can they brush up on some Titans content? Tell them where they can find all your work. Yeah, I mean, uh, if you want to find the home of the number one daily Tennessee Titans podcast in the world, uh, if you're looking at the Apple charts, it's just the number one Titans podcast in the world, period. But uh, right. the Locked On Titans podcast, whatever platform you do stream, always free, no paywall. Also kicked off the Locked On Titans YouTube channel this year, so you can subscribe to that. Maybe you're not a Titans fan, but I, on Wednesdays, I do my rewatch Wednesdays. I'm going to be breaking down the film and telling everybody exactly schematically what happened between the Titans and the Bills. Uh, so that may be a good listen, at least for a week. Uh, but yeah, other than that, I'm on Twitter at Tic Tac Titans, always doing film content and, and clips and breakdowns. And also just spouting out random opinions about food and Drake and comic <laughs> book movies and things of that nature as well. So Tic Tac Titans on Twitter, the Locked on Titans podcast. Uh, you can search that anywhere and find me. Yeah. Titans son- are, um, the Locked On podcast now, just a, real quick. I mean, the guys do great. Like some of the best names, like, you know, between Joe Marino, yourself, you know, some of the guys I've connected with are awesome. Mm-hmm. You, you ever talk to the Texans guy, Matt Weston? Oh, um, he was fun know? last week. He was really yeah, he's, he's fun. Yeah. He used no, to be Locked I, I On. Not. Okay. He, now oh, he's, he's He's on Battle Blog, whatever. Right, whatever right. People about. move around in this industry. You yeah, know how it is. You know, different yeah, brands, yeah. different affiliates. Talk to him. I feel, I feel like you, got, you guys, if you had a chance, would have a great – divisional uh divisional chat but are you worried about bills fans i gotta end with that are you like i've seen my whole feed traveling to nashville so well quite frankly i'm just used to it at this point uh nashville nashville is a destination city uh you know some people call it nash vegas and i recognize (laughs) that it it is not quite uh parties yeah exactly (laughs) it's not quite actual vegas of course but if you live on the east coast of the country like uh, like buffalo philadelphia (laughs) Pittsburgh, you know, things like that. Why would you not make the trip for a weekend in Nashville 
and party down and go see your favorite team, beat a team like the Titans, who, although they've been good the last five years, it's the Tennessee Titans. This isn't some blue blood NFL team that is always competitive. The Titans will lay an egg in a big spot at home. They do it all the time. So uh, if, if you're a Bills fan or somebody like that, of course you're going to make that trip. And that's been happening for, you know, over a decade now at Titans home games. So uh, until the Titans consistently quit dropping eggs at home like they did on in week one against the Cardinals, like think about how debilitating that is for a fan base of a team that just oh showed God. up 20 years ago. There's like Super Bowl aspirations. You're playing at home. There's more hype for this Titans season than maybe since the early 2000s with the Steve McNair teams, and they come out and get dropped 38 to 13 at home. If you're a Titans fan who doesn't have season tickets, why are you wanting to go to this Bills game on Monday night other than just you like the team? Like, it's hard to have confidence in the team, and the casual fan is going to be like, oh, this team, Titans are still the Titans. I'm not paying 300 bucks to go see this team. And a person from Buffalo is like, the Bills are the best team in the league. Josh Allen's a go. I'm going to get drunk in, in Nash Vegas and watch the Bills whoop the Titans on Monday night football. Like, the excitement level and the confidence <laughs> level is just so different. So because of that, the Titans have this problem where, you know, opposing fans invade the stadium. Yeah, we have that problem with the Sabres up here. It's it's the same thing, especially if it's like Montreal or Toronto, like one of those. Oh, the Canadian. I was wondering, like, who is dying to go to the the Buffalo? But if you're Canadian, I could see how Buffalo would be a very nice trip. No offense, oh. you know, Buffalo. Like, <laughs> you know. It, wow, hockey, well, hockey wise, in the winter, it's it is like one of the preferred places. Like, it's the same oh, thing yeah. here. They they go to Niagara Falls. Like, we we literally right. have Vegas light here in Niagara Falls on the Canadian side. Like, right. So there is like a definitely we feel that a little bit as the difference is the Titans are actually pretty yeah. good. The Cybers suck. So <laughs> I, 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 well, now yeah, I feel that yeah. I just want to say this so that the whole entire city of Buffalo and and, you know, Western New York knows Josh Allen was my QB one in his draft class. Not many people I went to that. the combine. I watched him throw a 70 yard dime in the combine that made the entire combine. You're not allowed to talk at the combine. You're not allowed to, like, make noise. They don't even want you on your phone because they don't want your phone to go off or you taking videos and stuff. It's very locked down at the Combine. It's kind of crazy. But uh, everyone was dead silent, and Josh Allen threw that ball 70, 75 yards in the air, and the whole place went, <gasps> like, I mean, me and my dad, my dad's been a football fan since 1960, and we both still talk about that moment to this day. It was just jaw-dropping to see somebody throw the ball that far like that. Since that moment, I knew Josh Allen's a freaking stud. So, Buffalo, I love your team. I love Josh Allen. I just don't think you're a tourist destination for normal Americans. But that's it. <laughs> don't hate me. I love I love Buffalo. And Buffalo wings are my favorite food. So, I love Just call them chicken wings and dip them in blue cheese and we'll be all good. <laughs> oh, blue cheese all day. Blue cheese all there day. Maybe, maybe, okay. maybe we'll play in Buffalo one of these years just because it's been in Nashville for the last – I think it is right, next year too. Right. I'm not Hopefully mistaken. not. <laughs> you guys don't need that advantage too man i was gonna say then you could come up you're in dayton you, you could come, come up here. you we do a lot that, that, that would be attainable yeah. you guys gonna put me through a table though i gotta worry about that you can't mess up my hair <laughs> at the tailgate for the steelers games this one random dude did try to pick me up by one leg and throw me through a table and i kind of mm -hmm. I, I am i am 150 pounds soaking wet but i did put the forearm down on the back of his neck and he was like what the hell <laughs> hey, good, good hand usage good technique there you could you know yeah. teach the I guys could teach Taylor on a thing or two yeah oh, there, hey there we go that's a good battle but i appreciate you guys having me on and hopefully more than anything we just get an entertaining football game Exactly, of course. Yes, and if there's a Bills-Titans matchup in the playoffs, of course, we'll obviously get you back on here. But until then, this has been the latest edition of Crowdus' Podcast. Thank you, Picassos. Thank you, Outlet Liquor. Thank you, Tyler, again, for being here. And thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Good night now.